Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, let, let's let's look um, this morning here. I just want to, you know, just look at Jesus will heal you. I mean, he will. If you're ever sick, and I mean, sometimes you have different pains. Sometimes you inflict yourself, or you splinters or whatever, and sometimes you ever notice how long you work on a splinter sometimes? You're like, I don't have it out yet. And you'll go, I know there's a splinter there, and you can't... Well, again, that's, you, you, it should be a time of prayer. I mean, you know, I'm like, well, I'll get it out. Well, okay, but I'm just saying sometimes you, you've been working on it for 10, 15 minutes, or have you ever stepped on a piece of glass? I have, and you're wondering, I have a piece of glass in my foot. And we care about our dog. You ever mess with a dog? Oh, mercy. You flip that dog's paw over, and it's like, this is a jigsaw puzzle. Where am I ever going to find this thing? So no matter what pain that you have anytime, we ought to always know that Jesus will heal you. Now, I just want to just just real basic here. So Ephesians chapter 1, look down here at verse 3. He says, bless thee. Now, remember, this is a, this is a letter, and it's, it's not really that big of a letter. And uh, one of the first things he says is, Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, look at this, has, and that's King James for has, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in, the, in, Christ, in Christ. Notice it said all spiritual blessings. He didn't say, well, Phil gets a few, Bob gets a few, you know, and Fred gets a few, and Richard gets the rest of them or what. We get them all. We get them all. Um, <clears throat> let's switch over here to the um, to the Living Bible. See what we see in the Living Bible. Um, verse three says, "How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every blessing in heaven." Look at that. Every blessing in heaven. Why? Because we belong to Christ. Hey, Dustin. Every blessing then I can't walk around and say, you know, I, I, I don't understand why Fred gets all the healing and, and I'm sick at my stomach and, and I, don't, I don't guess God will help me. I'm, 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 I'm taking some medicine and whatever and medicine's fine. No problem about that. Uh, but I mean, I just, I just I don't understand why everybody else can get healed and not me. Well, wait a minute. He says right here in a document like the Bill of Rights, he has blessed me with every blessing in heaven. I've got it. These things belong to me. Wow. Let's go over and look at another uh, place where it lets us know that uh, these things belong to us. Oh. And, you know, we were talking this morning about reading your Bible. And when you read your Bible, you will come to no other conclusion because, again, it's your Bible. When you read this, it will be God talking to you, it won't be, as some people say, when I read this book, it lets me know what a scoundrel this fella is. It'll make me tell him the what for. No, this is a book written to you. So the promises, and there's so many of them. Matter of fact, one scripture in the book of Corinthians says, for all the promises of God are yes and amen. So if there was ever a promise, it's yes to you. But let me show you one more here in Romans chapter 8 here. <clears throat> So if we're ever feeling bad, your teeth are hurting you, your head's hurting you, or something like that, we should quickly uh, remember that these things belong to us. Oh, let me scroll down here to Romans chapter 8, and let's see here. Look at verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. That just means he didn't, uh, he didn't keep him in heaven, and he didn't... 
he didn't change his mind about Christmas and sending him to be born in the manger. Y'all, just sin for yourselves. You don't need you don't need Jesus to die on the cross for you. I'm not going to do it. That's that's too costly. It's going to hurt my feelings and hurt my son. I'm not going to send him down there. Y'all are just all doomed for hell and whatever. No, he he didn't hold him back. He said he sent Jesus for. Him. Delivered him up for us all, talked about, he's talking about when he put him on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. Now look what he said. How shall he not, with him, also freely give us all things? I mean, you got it all. If he gave his life for you, is there anything else that he would not give you? No. He'd give it all to you. Praise the Lord. Well. Let's go to uh, some things that really changed my idea on uh, <clears throat> on healing. And let's go to uh, the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts because it lets me know, you know, what uh, how other people were affected by uh, <clears throat> after Jesus left. I mean, in other words, after Jesus is gone and the disciples are out doing these things themselves, and uh, was it working? Let's well, let's find out. Let's go to the 14th chapter here, and uh, <clears throat> let's come down here to. Uh, okay, uh, the point I want you to see here is there is this place called let's say South Huntsville, it's Lyconia, whatever. We lost that. Let's see where I went to. Here we are, Lycona. Uh The reason that lies roundabout, and they preach the gospel. Okay. Now, we need to catch this, and I think some of us were talking about church this morning, and we've been in church for a long time, and you may not have heard some of the things that you hear at our church here. Well, we can figure that out, because a lot of times, much of the time, it's um, we've got a certain particular pattern. We want preachers to do this. We want them to say these certain things, and, and we get a little bit too far away from the knowledge that's in this book right here. Well, obviously... We're reading out of the book of Acts. This is chapter 14, verse 7, and they preach the gospel. Look what happened. You would think they would be interested in this man. Is he a sinner? Did he make mistakes? Maybe he's not a good husband. Maybe he's, uh, maybe there's secret sins in his life. Let me tell you, God will handle any secret sins or problems. He's not concerned about that. Boy, we seem to be so focused on that. I tell you what, if this fella here, now he's going to get healed. If he was up to some criminal activity, is there any better way for God to get his attention than to make him to be able to walk? Because he could never walk. This guy was a cripple. And just put in your mind, the first time you ever saw somebody that was crippled, and you had to, like, not think about it because you were worried, boy, if that ever happened to me, I don't, man, I would hate to not be able to run, you know. My son's an athlete, can run faster probably than anybody his age and whatever, and he's just that fast. But for him to have to think about never running again, that'd get your attention, wouldn't it? It'd be like, oh, no. So here's very fat, a man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb. So he's already used to it. Never going to, I never have run, never have walked, whooping. The same heard Paul speak. What did he hear? They were just preaching the gospel. Now remember, gospel means good news. That's the reason I think sometimes we've not heard the gospel much because we spend too much time telling other stories and stuff and we're not reading God's word. So anyway, let's see what happens here. 
Uh, oh, let me scroll down here. There we go. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, perceived that he had faith to be healed. Now, we've got to take our own action. I can't receive Jesus for you. I can tell you about Jesus, but you have to be the one who says, you know, I believe that. And that's all that was happening here. If I told you to go fishing because they're biting down there at that big tree next to the river or the lake or whatever, if you didn't go, you wouldn't have any faith. But if you went, you would, I would understand, well, he really believes me. That's all we're talking about. So he said in verse 10, he said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. Wow. Verse 11, when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices and they said in the speech of the Laconians, uh, the gods are come down in the likeness of men. Oh, now it went the other direction. But anyway, the point was, this guy had faith to be healed. He knew Jesus would make him well, and he was made well. Uh, let's go switch this just for a moment to the Living Bible. We're reading verse 9. Let's see what happens here in the Living Bible. While they were at Lister, they came upon a man crippled with crippled feet, who never no, who had been that way from birth, so he never had walked. He was listening as Paul preached, and Paul noticed him and realized he had faith to be healed. Wow. Where'd that guy get faith to be healed at? He started thinking through and going, you know, if this Jesus really is Jesus, he'll heal me. Now guess what? Did we find in here that Jesus showed up? No. He didn't see Jesus any more than you and I did today, or do today. Jesus was not present. Yes, he's present. He never leaves us. We know that, but you couldn't see him. Boy, I'd believe in him if Jesus would walk through that door. Well, that's your problem. You can't be waiting for Jesus to walk through that door. That's not what matters. If you'll just taste this, try this, and go, you know what? I believe Jesus told me in this book he would help my feet if I ever had feet trouble or whatever. You don't have to be a cripple, but I have come down some steps before and turned my ankle and oh no. But you know what? Every time I've ever done that and any time I ever do it in the future, I know Jesus is on my side. He's not going to say, now wait a minute, Richard, I fixed your foot a year ago and I'm not happy with you. And I want you to live for me better and then we'll talk about making your leg better. Now, I know Jesus. Jesus will already make my leg better. Interesting enough, watch this. We're going to go just a few chapters ahead of this and go to the ninth chapter. Let me catch back up where we're at. Look what happened here. Oh, Peter, we know who Peter is. Uh, let's see what happened to Peter here. Look at this one. Oh, let's close that down. Yeah, I'll get back down here. When I do that, I lose that part. Here we go. Oh. Verse 32, and it came to pass as Peter passed through all quarters, he came down also to the saints that dwelt at Lydda or New Hope or whatever, okay? There he found a certain man, what a name, you know, uh, Andy or whatever we could say, which had kept his bed and was sick of the palsy. Now, this fellow's even worse. He's not only can he not walk, he's paralyzed. Peter said to him, look what he said. Andy, her is. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Now, this is getting a little bit out of here. I don't want anybody to think that you guys can walk out of here and think Jesus wants to make you whole. Oh, yes, I do, too. But see, a lot of people believe that. 
lot of people think, Richard, if you, if you share that like this, what about people that have had sports-related accidents and they're paralyzed? Well, duh, we want to tell them. We want to let them know there's hope for them. But minister after minister has been told, don't say things like this. You'll get people upset. Man, I want to upset everybody. I want to upset them all. Because I don't believe this stuff here was just for a certain time. When they say Jesus Christ makes thee whole, arise and make thy best, that's supposed to ring a bell. It's supposed to make us think, you know what? Jesus will make me whole. Now just to show you how wild we have been in our thinking, and we're worried, don't let anybody know. No, sir. Don't let anybody know this. Hide this. Well, guess what? Word got out that this guy got healed, and look what happened in the next verse. And that's the reason, I mean, think about it. Why is it in your Bible? Why is it in my Bible? Because I know I've had back pains. I know Phil has told me before he's had headaches before. And he's talking about something gets your attention. I've talked with Phil. I've talked with others that have had troubles, difficulties, whatever. Dustin told me things he's run into. But I mean, I tell you what, for year on year, oh, Phil would tell me that headaches are just about driving crazy. You don't think Jesus Christ wants to help him? Well, of course he does. It has helped him. Help me too. I've had back trouble that has bothered me for the longest. But I tell you what, I am so glad that Jesus is there to help me with my back. And I'm basically pain-free with my back. I am. He just keeps me well. Now watch this. So, verse 34, Peter said to him, Andy, Andy, Jesus Christ makes me whole. Make your bed and walk. And immediately, no, and he rose immediately. And, uh, let me get my mouse right. Here we go. What happened next? Oh, here we go. Uh, and all that dwelt in Lydda and Sarah, in other words, all those in, in Montgomery and in Birmingham, they saw him and they turned to the Lord. Sound like a good thing. Yeah, I think God knows what he's doing. Now, verse 36 says, Now, there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha. In other words, Word must have got out, didn't it? Which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. And when they had washed, they laid her in an upper uh, room, upper chamber, for as much as Lydda was not a Joppa, the disciples heard Peter was there, and they sent two men desiring him to come to them. What? So that he could come to the funeral? For her to, to do the eulogy or whatever? No. <laughs> they wanted to see if Peter could bring her back to life. And, of course, that's exactly what happened. Peter arose and went with them, and they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by weeping and showing the coats and the garments which Dorcas made while she was with him. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and he called all the saints and presented her alive. Now, she's one of three people that was dead and came back to life again in the book of Acts. I'll name the other two. One of them was Paul in the uh, 14th chapter, just where we were reading. Remember where he healed the guy that was crippled in his feet? 
the town said, hey, these are God. And Paul said, no, there is a God, but it ain't us. Other people got upset with them, and they took Paul and Barnabas, and they all grabbed rocks, and they stoned them. But the Bible says that the disciples stood around about Paul, and he got up. Another guy in the book of Acts, sitting on the upstairs of a four-story building, dear the church, hey, he's innocent. What happened here must have been the Lord's will. No, it was the Lord's will. He was in church, of course. The old boy fell asleep. He's sitting in the window, and he was probably keeping young people from sitting in the window. You know what I mean? Probably little ones wanted to get in the window, and he's like, no, could have been like Dustin. No, uh-uh, I'll sit here. Now, do you think Paul preached short like I do, whatever? I mean, I do, my reason. But the Bible says that Paul preached all night long. He was, the Bible says he was long in preaching, and the light, you know, I mean, the Scripture says this, the lights were getting dim, whatever, and the guy fell asleep, and he fell out of that window. Boy, you talk about wrecking a church service. Or, if you are preaching about Jesus, do you think it would wreck it? I don't think it did. Because the Bible says Paul ran down there, and he embraced the boy, the, the, the man, and he said his life is still in him. And I'm sure what he was doing, he was saying, in the name of Jesus, you live and not die. And if you'll read a little further, Paul went right back to, let's see, where did I leave off at? And he continued preaching instead of going, you know what, I don't know why Jesus does this to us. I mean, you know, you preach one thing and God does something different. Nope. Paul went back and he kept preaching. And as soon as it got daybreak, the Bible says that Paul left, but it says as he left, they brought the young man alive. So something happened. Yeah, he was okay. He was okay. What do we get from all these things? Well, if you're reading the Bible yourself, you should realize, you know what? Jesus will help me. He sure will. Don't ever talk yourself out of thinking that Jesus won't help you where your pains are. I mean, if pain wasn't so prevalent in our society, how come every time we watch a football game, it doesn't matter. You go to cable TV right now, and you pick whatever channel you want to, medication, 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 because we're all affected. Well, I ain't got much trouble. I just itch a little bit. Well, pray about that itch. God take care of that itch. You know, I got itch scriptures. I just, I mean, I just, if you've ever run across poison ivy, and you know what I know, that Jesus heals you, I tell you what, you got a fight on your hands. Because you're like, Jesus, I know you're real, but boy, these bumps are showing up <laughs> And you're scratching, and you're trying not to scratch, because then you just scrape off the hide, and now you got a sore, and sometimes you can make that poison ivy bleed or whatever. And I tell you what, when you find out Jesus will heal you, it's like game is over. Praise the Lord. As soon as your first symptom or whatever shows up about poison ivy, just praise the Lord. How many have ever, not just yourself, but seen others and you go, oh man, you got into some poison ivy, didn't you? You'll be all across here. It's just, and I go, yeah. I had a lady at work tell me uh, not too long ago, and she was coming in like this, and she got it from that, uh, uh, from that, uh, a sack of bark will make sense to me, Phil. You know them trees are covered up with poison ivy off them pine trees all the way to the top. And these companies sell that bark, and here you go. And you can do everything you can. I'm not going to work with that bark. Well, I know. 
I'm not saying you ought to dive in it and roll in it, but I'll tell you what, when you first see poison ivy start to get to you, and you could be so susceptible to it. Let me tell you something. You need to think about Jesus, and Jesus will heal you, and you ought to start marking the clock, going, praise the Lord, I'm going to watch this stuff go away. It should be that exciting to you, knowing that Jesus will heal you. I remember once the time I used to think that he used to put it on me. I mean, I'd be minding my business, and God wanted poison ivy to jump on me. Man, I don't believe that. He wants it off of me. He didn't want it on me. But anyway, my scratching scriptures, my itching scriptures, if you, if you were to go look at Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 28, it talks about God. He says he'll, uh, it, it's called the itch. You know, I mean, uh, and it, but it won't go away. And the Bible says you redeem from that. Praise the Lord. But you don't have to know that. You can just know these scriptures here that we're looking at this morning tell us that it's so, because these things belong to you. Uh, let's go next to the book of Matthew, and we'll kind of get an idea here why this stuff is so. Oh, uh, I'm going to switch to the Living Bible here. Oh, uh, close this down. Now look at this. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of sickness. Now, he must have been talking about dealing with the hearts of men and sin and all those things that preachers are really good at making us feel bad about. That must be in the verses just above it. Well, let's check and see. Uh, let's see what was going on. Because you don't want to start out by saying you've got the power to heal. I mean, come on. We're going to get people the wrong ideas. And we're, going to, we're going to make people go out of here thinking that I'll just pray and the Lord will heal me. Thanks, let me tell you, that's exactly what you want to do because it is that simple. But let's check Matthew chapter 10. Let's back up just a little bit, and let's put ourselves in, uh, oh, well, we want to go to Matthew chapter 9, the very last verse. Let's see what's happening down here. Well, I can tell you what's happening in the last verse. <laughs> Somebody's getting healed. <laughs> uh, okay, here's the last. Here's the last of, this is so amazing. This is chapter 9. Jesus traveled around all the cities and villages in that area, teaching, the Jewish, teaching in the Jewish synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom. And wherever he went, he healed people of every sort of illness. i tell you what, I've never been so more proud of the Alabama football team. I love Alabama football. My daddy just raised me that way, so I'm sort of a nut there. But let me tell you something. I watch how they play. Dustin had a chance to play with them. He has told me several things. They just know how to do it. Well, guess what else I know? Jesus knows how to do things. Look at this. He knows how to keep me well. I am a Jesus fan forever. It never will change. He's not like Alabama. I mean, we got some championships now, but I'm pretty sure we're probably going to lose some in the future. You know. But the point is, Jesus is not losing. And I'm so excited about him. Look at verse 36. What pity he felt for the crowds that came. A lot of people come. Now, why did he have peace? Because of their problems were so great. Now, wait a minute. We're only talking about we need to learn how to quit sinning, and we need to know to believe that Jesus will take us to heaven. That's all you need to know. Now, you go try to tell a mother that whose little child can't get well, and she's She's tried everything she could. She's taken him to the doctor. Or even when the doctor gave the medication, the doctor packed mama on the back and said, he's going to be all right. It's going to be next, next few days. It's going to be rough. And that mama is losing sleep because she's worried about that child. He may be 
I remember when Dustin was born, you know, I heard about babies dying, you know, and I'd go in his room and I'd just check and make sure he's breathing, you know. That, it bothers you. It bothers you. When you know as a parent, it bothers you concerning the health of your kids. He says here, because their problems were so great and they didn't know what to do or where to go for help. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Now watch what he says. Does Jesus do anything here to help us? Yes, he does. He says, now we have heard this, haven't we? The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. That's where this verse comes from. It was embedded, it was born in healing. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He says, so pray the one in charge of the harvesting and ask him to recruit more workers for his harvest field. Recruit more workers for what? Here you go, right into the 10th chapter. See, that's the end of that, and you go right into 10, and so here's what he says. Jesus called his 12 disciples, and he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of sickness and disease. Notice he didn't say, now look, now some of this is technical because when you run across a guy with a pink shirt, he's sharp looking, you know. But when you get to healing Phil over here and you get to healing Bob, watch out for this one because the Lord's going to say no. What? He's not going to say no. He's going to heal them all. Why would he tell this fellow no? Over my years of knowing Jesus and reading the Bible, it still puzzles me when I think about my unbelief. Thinking, well, Jesus won't heal me because maybe because I think about some things I have done wrong in my life in younger days or in older, older days or even recent. And I think about a guy by the name of, um, um, oh, I don't never can ever, oh, 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 oh. What's that guy's name? He dipped in the Jordan seven times. Starts with the N. Oh. Oh, but anyway. Oh. See, Second Kings chapter 5. Oh. Anyway, the guy, he, he had leprosy. He was not even an Israelite. Naaman. Okay, I'm going his name. Naaman. N-A-A-M-A-N. Naaman was head of an army that would attack Israel, the people of God. He even stole an Israelite young girl, oh, how terrible this is, and made her be the slave to his wife. And that little girl, however old she was, she loved being in Naaman's house anyway. Well, wouldn't a child eventually adapt? But guess what that little girl did? Because she knew she was a slave because of what she's going to tell Naaman. Naaman's got this terrible skin disease. This was not poison ivy. It was not going to go away. That little girl told Naaman's wife and said, you know what? If Naaman would go back to Israel and go find the prophet, he would make him well. He would cause him to be healed. And let me tell you something. Naaman, guess what he did? He believed it. And that's where we are this morning. Well, I just believe that. Well, I really believe Jesus will make my wrist quit hurting me. Come on, we should be like Naaman. Naaman went to the king and said, uh, King, I'm in general here, but you know I got leprosy and this stuff is so bad. And you heard of the God of Israel. I have too. I've heard stories after stories, and I got a little slave girl, and she told me if I'd go back right now and go find somebody 
they would heal me. And the king said, okay. And the king said, well, hey, by the way, don't go broke. And so the king loaded him up with all kinds of money and sent him to the king of Israel, which is really the wrong thing to do because the king of Israel went to the work. The king of Israel goes, what? He's trying to pick a fight with me. I'm already paying taxes to the king of Syria. He's trying to pick a fight. Well, the prophet heard it. He knew about it, and he ran into the king of Israel and said, whoa, 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 whoa. Send Naaman to my house. Actually, somebody, I mean, word was just transferred. So Naaman knew to go to uh, Elisha's house. As soon as Naaman goes to Elisha's house, this is Second Kings chapter 5. Elisha doesn't even come outside. Elisha sends one of his messengers out there and says, hey, go jump in the Jordan seven times and head on home. You'll be all right. Naaman got mad. Naaman had all these camels with all this money and stuff and changes of clothes and everything. And he got so mad, he said, what? I drove all the way down here, and they want me to jump in that dirty Jordan River seven times. There's, there's rivers at home in Samaria. Syria there is. I'm just going home. Well, thank God, one of his little workers that worked with him has said, hey, listen, come on, coach. Come on. If the prophet had said for you to jump off a cliff or to pay him a lot of money or whatever, wouldn't you do it? How much more if you just jump in the river seven times? I mean, come on. And so Naaman goes, okay. Now, I would say Naaman had a bad attitude. And if I was like some Americans today, I'd say he lives off. He can go jump in the Jordan a hundred times. It ain't going to work no more. Oh, yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. Because it's not about us. It's about God. And God wants to help us. And anyway, so Naaman, he heads off down to that river, and he jumps in one, two, three. And on the seventh time he come up, Whatever was wrong with his skin, the Bible says, became as a little baby's skin. Praise the Lord. What do I do with that story? Well, I believe it. I believe it means something for me today. I mean, Naaman was not even an Israelite. It showed how God's mercy is for you and I. So anyway, look at this. When Jesus calls his 12 disciples, he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Then he names all these guys, which I think is great. None of this stuff was made up. These people were real people. Anyway, look what he says here. Uh, down here, look, look what he says to do. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Well, there's Naaman right there. Cure the lepers, cast out demons. Look at this. Give as freely as you have received. Wow. Which brings up another interesting point here. Give as freely as you have received. Uh, let's look at um, the 8th the chapter here. Uh, here's a leper, and he's going to get healed. I mean, Jesus just says be healed, but I want you to go, I want to go down here to another little place here. Several people get healed. Now look what happened. Remember, he said... Freely you receive, freely give. Here's one place where they receive. When Jesus arrives at Peter's house, I mean, don't you think he would say, enough healing for right now. Let's, let's give it a break for a week. People need to know what pain's about. You don't heal all the time. Well, we've heard that. Ridiculous. When Jesus arrives at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was in bed with a high fever. Well, she'll get over it. I mean, well, you may have a pain that you may think, well, I'll get over it. Uh, yeah, you will. 
We're talking about the gospel, the good news. Jesus actually came. What happened? When Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. And she got up and prepared a meal for them. This story, I want to show you this same story, is in, uh, is in Mark, Mark chapter 1. A lot of these things are repeat. Let's see this. Uh, Mm-hmm. There it is. Uh, when, when leaving the synagogue, he and his disciples went over to Simon and Andrew's home, where they found Simon's mother-in-law sick and dead with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. That's the point I wanted you to see. It wasn't just like, well, I'll think about it. No, Jesus, my mother-in-law, you know how mother-in-laws are. <laughs> but I miss her. I'd rather her be down here fussing at us right now. I, I, I feel sorry for her. Jesus is like, hey, you feel sorry for her, I do. Went right up there. He went to her bedside. He took her by the hand and helped her up. The fever suddenly left, and she got up and prepared a meal for him. Maybe Peter was just wanting some brownies that night, and he knew Jesus could make her all right. That's okay. But he also knew that his mother-in-law didn't need to be feeling that way. i tell you what, we've got to practice. Uh, we've got to practice these things. Now, notice what happened here. Okay, she got up and prepared them dinner. By sunset, the courtyard was filled with the sick and demon-possessed brought to him for healing. I tell you, Bob, where's all our preachers been? I wish I'd heard some of these things when I was young. Well, thank God we got them now. I mean, Dustin's got his whole life ahead of him like I did. At least I got a hold of it when I was 16. Dustin's had it when he was a lot younger. Wow. A huge crowd of people from all over the city of Capernaum gathered outside the door. So Jesus healed great numbers of sick folk that evening and ordered many demons to come out. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord. Oh. What's interesting is Jesus got up to, he went to pray, verse 35. He went out to go pray. Peter and them were looking for him. Hey, where'd you go? Simon, his name. And he told them, they said to Jesus, everyone's asking for you. And he replied, we must go to other towns as well and give my message to them too, because that's why I came. In other words, Jesus wasn't saying, I'm just going to be, you know, in one place and that's it, and that's all going to be over. Everywhere. Everywhere. Praise the Lord. Well, let me wrap this up with the final thing here. Let's go to uh, uh, the book of Psalms here. And uh, I want to go over here to, I believe it's Psalm 30. Oh, look at Psalm 30. Now these psalms are, you know, they're really prayers. Now you can put them to music or whatever, but it's the words that matter. Listen. He says, I'll praise you, Lord, for you have saved me from my enemies. You refuse to let them triumph over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I pleaded with you. And look at this. You gave me my health again. He wrote it down. I mean, this had already happened, and he said, you know what? I want to keep thinking about this. And so he wrote it down, and he sent it out. It actually made what we say scripture. Verse 3, you brought me back from the brink of the grave, from death itself, and here I am alive. Oh, sing to him, you, his saints of his. Give thanks to his holy name. His anger lasts, uh, but for a moment, weeping may go on all night, but in the morning there's joy. 
I mean, we should never be thinking, well, my, I don't know why, the hand of God's on me, and I mean, I'm going to have a terrible year. It should only be overnight. <laughs> there was ever anything. Overnight. And it'll never be death, I'm telling you, it just won't be. Praise the Lord. In my prosperity, I said, this is forever, nothing can stop me. The Lord has shown me his favor. He has made me steady as a mountain. Then, Lord, you turned your face away from me and cut off your rivers of blessing. Suddenly, my courage was gone. I was terrified and panic-stricken. I cried to you, O Lord, how I pled. What will you gain, O Lord, from killing me? I mean, he was just thinking, I'm going to die. How can I praise you then to all my friends? How can my dust in the grave freak out in the world about your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord. Oh, have pity and help me. Verse 11, he turned my sorrow into joy. He took my clothes of mourning away and clothed me with joy so that I might sing praises to the Lord instead of, uh, of lying silent in the grave. Oh, Lord, my God, I will keep on thanking you forever. I do not know what David was faced with right here, but it must have been terminal. He must have thought, I am down for the count. I am history. And while he was laying there sick, he was sitting there saying, God, what good is it going to do if I'm dead? I'm not going to be able to praise you when I'm dead. <laughs> you know, and he's sitting there thinking, have you stopped your mercy for me? There ain't no way. And then he, remember, he, the verse, he said, hear me, O oh Lord. Have pity and help me. Don't ever leave things up to chance. Ask God to get you out, and he'll get you out. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. We thank you the same things, too, concerning finances. You take care of us financially the same way. And if there's any trouble we'd ever face, you'd get us out. Like David wrote in Psalm 18, I'll call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything else, but just like you told your disciples, when you sent them out to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, you told them to go tell them the good news about the kingdom of God. Oh, Lord, there's so many good things. We're going to tell them what great things you've done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. That's fine. Great.